You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Kermenjas. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before we dive into this Thursday episode, I wanted to remind you guys that winning your league starts with the right data. Vinny Iyer of The Sporting News provides you the edge you need in your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Thursday episode here at the Locked on Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for coming back to another episode here. And we're going to continue the running back discourse in the wake of the Cam Akers injury. I feel like one episode was just not enough to delve into everything that I wanted to talk about. And of course, if you missed the initial reactions and news, you should dive into yesterday's episode when Brad and I talked about it. We spent a good nearly 40 minutes talking about it. I mean, there is so much of a ripple effect, I think, when it comes to this injury, which is just unfortunate. But we're going to try to cover everything that there is remaining in this episode. We're going to talk about, you know, some interesting stats I dug up from last year in terms of how the Rams operated from a running game. You know, who the replacement players may be coming up here, of course, Daryl Henderson, but there's going to be remaining roles. Is there anybody else that can seize a potential role currently on the roster? And of course, we're going to dive into some free agency stuff and talk about if there's anybody out there that does fit a potential need or role for the Rams in this backfield. Now, to preface all of that, of course, Daryl Henderson is going to be the guy. There is no doubt about that in my mind right now. He is the number one running back for this team. He's going to be the guy that's going to lead the way in terms of the touches, the carries, the playing time, all of that stuff. And I tend to believe that this guy is actually an underrated running back. And I've mentioned it on this podcast many times, as well as yesterday's episode, even before Cam Akers' injury, I always said the Rams have two basically starting running backs on their team. And I always considered Henderson a guy that has enough talent and quality to actually start for most teams. So The Rams are not in a bad position right now. They still have a very good running back in Henderson right now. We'll call him Hendo throughout the rest of the episode. And this guy proved it last season when Cam Akers got injured with the rib injury. He was knocked out, obviously, for a handful of weeks or a long time, actually, like eight weeks prior to actually finally getting back on his feet and getting used a lot. Henderson was the guy that took over, and Hendo looked really good. I think, you know, if you go back to that Eagles game, it was in week two or week three, That was the game where it was like, all right, this dude has it. This is his coming out party. And it's clear that the Rams have two running backs on their roster. Three, if you included Malcolm Brown, that could legitimately get the job done on any given Sunday. And that's kind of how I still feel right now. Of course, you lose Akers. That guy is so talented. I mean, he could do everything. You talk about the blocking, the receiving ability, running inside the tackles, outside of the tackles, using speed, using power you're going to lose something from your offense. That's inevitable. The guy's a special talent, in my opinion. There's a reason he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. The guy is so good, and it sucks that he's not going to be there because their offense now isn't going to be at 100% full strength, at least as of right now. Of course, there could be some more injuries, hopefully not, going throughout training camp. But so far, they've already taken a hit, so that sucks. But If there's any one position that the Rams could have afforded a hit or that most NFL teams could afford to lose a player at, 
it's probably the running back position. This is one of the least valuable positions when it comes to actually, you know, the outcome of a football game. So that's a big positive for the Rams. And not only that, but they actually have a lot of depth at this spot. Like I said, Hendo, a guy that I considered a starting running back or that quality. So again, it will diminish a lot of the loss, but still, Akers is so good that at the end of the day, you still want a guy like that out on the field. Now, I dove into some numbers from PFF last year. I wanted to see if there was really much of a difference in terms of how they used Hendo and how they used Akers. And there wasn't a huge difference, but there was a slight one. So I looked at breaking down the runs in terms of zone running plays, as well as man or gap or power running plays. I'm just going to refer to them as man for the record. You look at last year, Hendo, 39.3 of the zone rushing attempts were his. 31.2% were acres, so about an 8% difference there between the two. You look at the man rushing percentages, 24.3% of those were under Hendo, 38.1% were under acres, so I'm not sure that there was enough of a difference between the two to actually, you know, come to any legitimate conclusion, but based off of these percentages, Henderson was, like I mentioned many times on this podcast, used much more frequently as a zone rusher, where K-Makers was primarily the man rusher or still, you know, close enough to actually being zoned as well, but more of the man rusher when you compare the 38% that he had to the 24% that Daryl Henderson had. So I don't know if that was just something that the Rams viewed as, you know, their strengths or their strong points or why they actually went about it this way, but it was something that I took notice of. So I wanted to dive into the numbers to see You know, if there was any actual difference between the two, and it appears that there was, I don't know if that's something that they plan to continue to try to utilize moving forward, but it was definitely something that I knew there was, you know, something up there. So I had to dig further into that. Now, you know, I also dove into how Stanford broke it down last year. They just did not run the ball much. I mean, there was 93 zone rushing attempts from their offense and 77 man rushing attempts from their offense. And you might be asking, why are you looking at Stanford football? Well, The new offensive line coach for the Rams, Kevin Carberry, was the former offensive line coach as well as, I believe, run game coordinator for the Stanford Cardinal. So, of course, he's going to bring some of that schematic transformation over as well as the plays and stuff like that. But I don't think there was a big enough difference between the man and the zone rushing there from last year either to really come to any big conclusion. So, unfortunately, I don't really have the answer in terms of what they're going to do here. But if we go along with this trend with what the Rams showed last season, maybe they're going to give Henderson a little bit more zone work again and look for a guy that they can actually utilize a little bit more in those man rushing plays. And if that's the kind of concept that they want to go after, they're probably going to have to hit free agency. But we're going to dive into the available names on the current roster right now in the next segment, as well as some of the potential options that could fit that man power scheme in terms of free agents that are available right now we're going to dive into if there's any interesting names there for the Rams that they could add to kind of pair some of these running backs together to try and help fill the loss of acres going into next season and while we've got you make sure to come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams you can find me at QB's MVP and the page at Locked On Rams folks I know if you have a car you've went through it Something went wrong, something broke on your car, you've called up your mechanic, it's going to take too long, it's going to be too expensive. I'm telling you guys, you don't have to go through this pain anymore. All you have to do is check out one of our sponsors for today's episode called Rock Auto at rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you're a person who likes to fix things yourself or you're a professional and you're looking for reliably low prices, 
you should check out Rock Auto. All you have to do is just go to their website and check out all their available parts. It's a never-ending list, and I'm betting that if your car needs it, they've probably got it available. Amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you. Welcome back to the second segment here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your Thursday episode, the second to last of this week. And of course, we're continuing along with the running back discourse on this episode, which again, is just very unfortunate. You have to feel terrible for K-Makers. The guy is a special player, a special talent. I mean, this guy is so good. And it's just unfortunate that we know for a fact that he won't be coming back to the field this season. But the Rams have to move forward. Ultimately, this is just, you know, how the NFL works. We hate this part of the NFL, but... When you have so many big, strong, athletic people running into each other consistently, play after play, well, these kind of things happen. So unfortunately, the Rams are going to be without Akers, and that does leave them in an interesting spot. Again, we highlighted how we believe Hendo will be the running back one and the main guy, which is great. The Rams do not have to find a starter at this juncture. They have their current starter, the guy that's going to probably carry the ball you know, 60 to 70% of the time and have majority of the touches and be the most productive player there. But when you look behind him, someone else is going to have to rotate with him at the end of the day, whether they want to find somebody who's going to be, you know, primarily a receiving back, maybe someone who's a short yardage goal line style of back that maybe has a bigger body, maybe somebody better in pass pro that they can trust a little bit more, you know, in those big passing situations on third downs or third and longs or second and longs, whatever the case may be, where you just kind of put a guy like Malcolm Brown back there and you know he's going to get the job done more often than not. Or if they want to go with somebody who maybe prioritizes or specializes in that man gap power scheme, like I mentioned in the first segment. So there are a lot of possibilities and a lot of roles and holes still to kind of fill here for the Rams when it comes to this running back room. So the first thing we have to do is look at their current roster and dissect whether any of these guys that are currently available to them are going to have a role. And if they do, what might they be good at? And of course, I don't have, you know, all the answers here. So it's going to be hard for me to really predict what Xavier Jones and Raymond Calais and Jake Funk can do. But these guys are all part of this roster right now. And the Rams have them here for a reason. Now you look back to their time at college because none of these guys have any NFL carries. Xavier Jones, a guy that spent five years at SMU, he had 660 rushing attempts in his career for 3,434 rushing yards for an average of 5.2 yards per carry and 45 touchdowns, as well as 72 receptions. So this guy was clearly a do-it-all threat at college. You know, he's a little bit smaller in terms of his stature at only 5'11 and 200 pounds, or at least that's what they have him listed here as, maybe a little bit smaller. But that's a good start because I think Xavier Jones is probably the next man up in that running back room. And if that's the case, you probably want a guy who can at least do a little bit of everything. So Xavier Jones offers that. I think they feel pretty good about this guy. And ultimately, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table in training camp. You look behind him, Raymond Calais, a guy that the Rams picked up off the waiver wire last year when I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers let him go. And he was used a tiny bit as a return man. That didn't last all that long. And he does have return capabilities as he returned 99 kick returns in college over four seasons at Louisiana. So clearly has the ability to be a special teams weapon as well but not a ton of offensive production, only 236 career carries for 1,845 rushing yards and only 17 receptions in college. So 
I'm not really sure what this guy brings to the table. Another smaller statured guy at five foot eight, 188 pounds. But we know this guy can be a special teams player, not only as a return man, but as a cover man as well. So he has that capability. And again, guys that are not starters in the NFL, they need to stand out on special teams to potentially be able to fill roles in those regards and to make rosters. And if this guy can bring that to the table, which apparently he can, then Kalei definitely has a spot potentially on this roster as long as he doesn't blow his chance in training camp, however that may be. The last name on the roster right now that is of intrigue to me is Jake Funk, the former seventh-round pick. The Rams just drafted him a few months ago. This guy is a freak athlete. That is the first thing we have to mention here. He has torn the same ACL twice, and he's still like a 90, 95th percentile type of athlete at the running back spot. I honestly just can't even grasp that. It's so hard to fathom how somebody can go through so much with their knee and go through all these serious reconstructive surgeries and still maintain this type of explosion. I don't even know how, but I mean, at the end of the day, NFL players and athletes alike are freaks. They're not normal people. So I guess that makes it a little bit more fathomable. But again, another guy with not a lot of college production, only 135 career attempts, only 968 total yards, and only 23 receptions over the course of five years in college. And of course, you know, there was a lot of lost time there with the two torn ACLs. So not really a five-year player per se, but a guy that was there for a long time. Now, some of the issues that arise here is these guys may or may not be good. We do not know. We don't have the answer. And I don't think the Rams do either. Unless we get into training camp and we finally get to see what these guys look like in training camp practices, what they may look like in preseason games, and how they may actually create. Because I feel like running back is one of the positions that's maybe based off of instincts a little bit more than most positions are. I mean, when you get into the open field and it's you and a defender, at that point, whatever instincts you have, those are going to take over. And you're either going to make those guys miss oftentimes or you're not. And if you're not, you're probably not going to be a good NFL running back. And if you make those guys miss more often than not, you're going to be one of the good ones, like the Alvin Kamara's and all these other guys. So, you know, really, we can talk about all their numbers and all these things, but until they actually get those pads on and we finally get to see how these guys can come out of the backfield, are any of them capable of running clean and good routes? What kind of hands do they have? Can anybody pass protect properly? How can they read their holes? What kind of vision do they have? Until we get to see these things, we cannot really come to any conclusions, but you know, they're not the only available options for the Rams. Of course, the free agent market is still a thing, but this market is very, very bare. I mean, you're hearing all these kinds of names from the Todd Gurley's to the Le'Veon Bells to the Adrian Peterson's. And I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, I don't think a Gurley reunion makes any sense. I would not touch Le'Veon Bell with a 10-foot pole, to be quite honest with you. And Adrian Peterson, I think he's an option if they want to get a bigger-bodied guy. And of course, he has the Matt Stafford connection as well. But I don't know. I feel like there's still some other guys in the free agent market right now that could be a little bit more impactful, in my opinion. You look at Duke Johnson, formerly of the Texans and the Cleveland Browns, one of the best pass game backs in football today, even though he doesn't have a job, this guy is second to none when it comes to running routes out of the backfield and catching passes. And we know Matthew Stafford likes to utilize his running backs as receivers, and Henderson can do this, but 
Do you really want this guy playing 95% of the snaps when he has his own injury issues like Brad mentioned? No, this is a guy you want to try and preserve as much as possible. So if you can find a guy that can come in on passing downs, maybe take a little bit of that load off, that's what you're looking for. I think Duke Johnson is in his own tier right now for me, the 1A guy, nobody even close. When you look at some of the other names that I think make sense, of course, I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Chris Thompson, a former Washington guy, obviously spent time in Washington with Sean McVay, another pass game back, and that's strictly his role. He doesn't really bring much else to the table. You have a Frank Gore. This guy's 38 years old, but if you want one of those plotters, short yardage, in between the tackles, grind it out style backs, I guess Frank Gore's a possibility as well. Another good name, TJ Yeldon, the former Alabama running back. He's played for a bevy of teams from the Jaguars to the Bills and a lot of teams in between. A bigger bodied guy, we're talking about a six foot plus, 225 pound, very rock solid guy. You know, again, not going to be your number one runner, but if you want somebody to fill in that pass protection role, maybe somebody that can grind out two or three yards when you need it, maybe on a goal line play or something like that, this guy could fill that role. Maybe the last intriguing name here, in my opinion, and Brad mentioned him yesterday, I didn't even think about him, was Ito Smith, the former Atlanta Falcon, another smaller statured guy. I think he's like 5'9", 195, another pass game back, but he does have the Raheem Morris connection. Of course, he played, I believe, three or four years in Atlanta, some of which was with Raheem Morris while he was there. So they have that familiarity, and if the Rams want to kind of draw back on that and find guys that they trust... Maybe Ido Smith is one of those guys. And ironically enough, Ido Smith, his play last year was not the best, but it was good enough to get Todd Gurley benched in Atlanta. So that should probably tell you everything you need to know about Gurley and where he's at in his career, which is obviously unfortunate with the knee stuff, as well as what Ido Smith could bring to the table. So the Rams have options. We're going to look at, you know, are any of these guys potential options right now? Do they want to stay put with what they have? And how can they move forward building the best running back room possible to try and mitigate this acres loss as much as possible going into 2021. And while we've got you here at the Locked On Rams podcast, make sure to check back tomorrow for our Mailbag Friday episode. I'm sure you guys are going to have plenty of questions for me after this injury. The NBA Finals and the NHL Finals just wrapped up, and congrats to the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo for a legendary performance last night with a 50-burger. I mean, you don't get to see that very often, but there are still some sports left over, and of course, the NFL is slowly coming back around, and if you guys like to bet on sports, Make sure to check out one of our sponsors from today's episode called Bet Online. They have every sport you can imagine from the MLB, the NBA, the NHL, the UFC, MMA, and of course, the NFL, the granddaddy of them all. Before the NFL comes around, make sure to head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. You don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the preseason. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, Giannis Antetokounmpo drops 50 and the Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champions. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the final segment here at the Locked On Rams podcast. I am your host, Sosa Kremenjas, and we're finally in the final segment and potentially the last running back episode Hopefully, knock on wood, we don't have to do this again because nobody wants to see injuries, especially this early in the preseason or training camp period, I guess, with training camp not even started yet. But of course, training camp does start for the Rams next week. And unfortunately, 
this is just part of the game. And I feel like at some point, you know, injuries happen to everybody. It sucks when it happens to very special players. But, you know, throughout Sean McVay's tenure with the team since 2017, they have been as healthy as you could pretty much get. So, you know, if there's anybody that's been kind of spoiled in terms of the injury luck, it's been the Rams and it's obviously Rams fans included. So it sucks, but these are the things that happen in the NFL. And unfortunately, it struck very early for the Rams. But I want to take a look at something a little bit unique because I just feel bad for Matthew Stafford and of course, Cam Akers, but Stafford as well in this regard, because somehow this guy just never gets any luck when it comes to to the running back position. I mean, throughout his entire tenure in Detroit, we talked about this team could not run the football ever. I think it was a crazy statistic where he only had a guy cross 100 plus yards rushing in a game. I think it was 11 or nine times throughout his entire career. That is horrible. I mean, the Rams have guys do that four, five, six times a season, maybe even more depending on how close they can get or how many running backs they have in that stable. But damn, I mean, that is not easy to overcome. You look at the run play percentage last year for the Detroit Lions, 34.9% of their plays were runs. That was 27th in the NFL. You look at the Rams, 41.3% of their plays were run plays. That ranked 10th in the NFL. So very opposite in terms of the ends of the spectrum there. And why is that important? Because I want to take a look at, will this change how the Rams approach the offense this season? Because Prior to this injury, I really felt like they were going to be one of the best offenses and one of the most well-balanced. And of course, I think those things kind of go together. The more balanced you are, the more ways you can attack football teams, the more productive and unpredictable you're going to be. Now with Akers going down, maybe one less body in that rotation in the running back room, maybe you take a slight step back in terms of the talent back there in the production, does this really give them a reason to maybe lean on Stafford in the passing game a little bit more as opposed to the running game, I'm not really sure. You know, it's going to be obviously dictated how they play in terms of a, you know, game by game, series by series, week by week basis because, you know, obviously if it's second and 15, it's probably going to be a different play call, much more likely to be a pass versus a second and two where you might want to run the ball and convert that first down. So it's obviously very, very game and play dependent, but at the same time, You can't help but wonder, is this going to change the way they approach their offense? And does this ultimately mean more passing yards, more passing attempts from Matthew Stafford, which is something that he's obviously very, very used to over the course of his career? Or is Sean McVay going to continue to try and find a way to get guys like Hendo and all these other guys that we mentioned, Xavier Jones, maybe someone that's not on the roster, a few more touches to try and stay balanced in this regard? Because man, the Rams, I feel like, are one of those teams that do a very good job for the most part at being very balanced. And I feel like those are typically the teams that are the best. Of course, the passing game is everyone's hoopla right now. You got to throw the football. If you can't throw the football, you're not going to be a good offense. That's pretty basic. I think we all know that. But just because you throw the football a lot doesn't really mean you're a great offense. It probably means your team sucks, to be honest with you, because you're likely going to be trailing in a lot of football games, and therefore, you got to throw to catch up. You look at the pass play percentages last year. Here are the top six teams in pass play percentage. The Houston Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Seattle Seahawks, and the Detroit Lions. How many of those teams were good? Two, the Chiefs and the Seahawks? Four of them were terrible. So, you know, that kind of goes to show you that Yeah, of course, you want to be able to throw the ball. And if you can't throw the ball, you're probably not going to be a good offense. So you better be productive in that regard. But at the same time, 
you got to be able to run the ball too. There's a lot when it comes to setting up plays and trying to make play action work and trying to get those, you know, second and one or third and twos and convert those into first down so you can continue drives. There's a lot that goes into this when it comes to the NFL play calling, how an offense works, and momentum. I know a lot of people don't believe in momentum, but I truly do think it is a thing. I think it's so legit. Again, it's going to be a discussion or debate until the end of time. But in my opinion, there's no question about it. Momentum is a legitimate thing. So it is super interesting and fascinating to see how this might affect the Rams. Of course, I feel like nobody has the answer. I certainly don't. I don't think Sean McVay has the answer. You know, these guys don't go into the season, I don't think, with an idea that, you know, we're going to run the ball 350 times and we have to hit this mark. No questions. No, I feel like it's a play-by-play thing. Of course, if the running game is maybe not working in a game, you might want to shift away and throw the ball a little bit more versus if it's working very well, yeah, maybe you run the ball a little bit more than you anticipated earlier in the week. So this thing is a case-by-case basis, of course. And of course, we're not going to have the answer until we look back, you know, eight weeks into the season or 17 weeks after the season's done and actually look and break down the percentages of how things worked out. We're not going to have that answer, but it is definitely something in my opinion to look out for. It's something that I'm certainly going to keep in the back of my mind. And I know a lot of Rams fans, I know a lot of you guys, the listeners are definitely going to keep this in your mind as well, because there were so many games over the past few seasons, but even just back to last season where The running game seems to be working and Sean McVay suddenly goes and calls seven passing plays in a row and they run the ball 18 times against a team that they probably should have run the ball 30 plus times against. So very weird how these things work out. Then the opposite end of the spectrum happens and Cam Akers has 29 rushing attempts against the New England Patriots on Thursday night football. A lot goes into this. There's a ton of variables that we'll never be able to kind of put our finger down on and predict. But that's what makes this game fun, and that's why we're going to take a look at, will this offense change with this K-Makers injury? Are they going to try to remain the same and remain balanced, or is this going to push them to be maybe a little bit more pass-heavy with the experience that Matthew Stafford has, as well as this big loss in the backfield that K-Makers sustained the other day with his torn Achilles? That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked on Rams podcast. As always, I appreciate you guys for listening to another episode here. Make sure to check back tomorrow for our Mailbag Friday episode. We're going to have some good discourse. You guys, I'm sure, are going to shoot over some tough questions, as you always do. Just a reminder, you guys can send those to me on Twitter, at QBsMEP or at LockedOnRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.